Hello, my name is Michael Finney. Welcome back to the program. Today we have Jen Hare, author of Keys to the Production Office with Galana Lobel. We're going to talk with her a little bit today about her career and the process she went through to create the book. Do you want to say hello and introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Jen here. Thanks for having me a part of this. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a 20 plus year veteran of the film and television industry. I'm a DGA uh, production manager and line producer. Fantastic. So, will you tell us a little bit about the beginning of your career and how you? got into it, which I think is a good background in regards to laying the groundwork for us to get into the book. Uh, sure. depends on how far back you want to go, but I guess I could go with, um, uh, I'm an alum of the University of North Carolina School of the Arts, and uh, my third year in that program, they had, um, they, they, they encourage internships uh, while you're in school, and um we were in North Carolina and the divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood came to Wilmington. And I ended up with an internship for the entire run of that show. I started in the office and then um, moved over to the set when they began principal photography. So that was kind of my first real taste of a professional operation. I mean, that was at the time, I don't know, maybe it's, it was a Warner Brothers. I want to say it was like $25 million movie, but you know, giant for then, you know, 2001 or whatever it was. Um, and so, so that was my first uh, eye-opening experience to that and kind of opened my eyes to how a professional production office runs, how a professional set runs, because, you know, before then it's school stuff, it's, you know, your own stuff and everything. So that kind of laid the foundation of, uh, of my office experience um, with, with that team there. Um, and then after, after I graduated, moved out to Los Angeles, cause that's where I thought the work was and got my first job on a reality TV show that was up and coming called the bachelor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, did a couple seasons of that show and uh, worked my way up through a variety of positions, um, a variety of different types of content from, uh, competition, shows such as like the world poker tour, um, where I was, I was doing everything from working as an executive assistant to production coordinating. I worked on a documentary coordinating. So I kind of worked my way up through the office route. And again, and then from, you know, I did documentaries, I did scripted features, I did television. And so I landed on uh, the closer through uh, a contact I had met while I was in school, of the arts, um, a gentleman by the name of Andy Sachs produced uh, a short film while I was at school called Two Soldiers. That short film went on to win the 2004 Academy Award for short narrative or live action narrative, I guess. Um, and so I was able to join on the closer. And that's really where. Uh, the the major learning curve hit because yes, I had learned office operations and understood basic production, but TV is such a different beast. Uh, episodic TV is such a different beast, uh, especially you know the scripted version because I'd only done the nonfiction before, and so I was on that for seven years. Uh, you know the entire run of the show during hiatuses, I would go off and production manage other projects and stuff. But uh, it was really the grind of 
learning that, you know, you're doing anywhere from, we started with 15 episodes, like I think season one, 13 or 15 episodes, season one. And by season seven, we were doing 21 episodes. And so that's a very long haul. And it's, you're always prepping, you're always filming and you're always wrapping. And it's a hundred percent cyclical and you're just doing the same thing over and over. A variety of challenges come within each episode, but for the most part, it's the same. And so it really allows you to hone in on the process, what works, what doesn't. And so that's what I did a lot is I would try to always improve upon, okay, well, we're still here. We're doing this again. How can I make things better? Um, and that was kind of started the little bit of the genesis of the book. He's to the production office because I'm sorry, I'm getting so long winded on this, but I promise I'll circle back around is you're all good. It was, it was, it was a great operation where, um, I think our schedule, you know, we would be something like April to, to, you know, I guess October or so as far as our season. So we, we would get a lot of summer interns. Either we would have PA turnover from season to season or they would, you know, advance in their careers and go somewhere else. But we'd have a lot of interns and Warner Brothers and uh, uh, Shepard Robin, the production company, they were very uh, keen on making sure we were bringing new people in and teaching people and giving people an opportunity. And so what would happen is as part of my job as the production coordinator, um, I was always responsible for training these kids up. A lot of times this was their very first experience in any kind of professional, either work environment or film and television environment. And so I started developing kind of just a literally, I, I called it a little PA binder and I would have a breakdown on exactly production, production basics. And then what I expected of them, what the job was, what they, how to do it. And then I would sit down with them for probably 30 minutes uh, at the start of when they, when they first joined us and I would give them that overview so that they weren't going in blind and they weren't floundering and they were actually useful to me as I ran the production office because now they had uh, some direction and they knew where their place was in the grand scheme of everything. So, you know, and then from there, you know, they talked to the other department, the other, um, the other PAs and learn on the job and such like that. But we really wanted to give them the most experience we could uh, working in our, in our office. And I don't know if that's necessarily always the case now. I think now with the internship rules, well, we might we might have been paying them. Honestly, I don't remember. We were probably paying them. So then it was it was uh, not replacing somebody that I would have hired in that instance. I think that's the the internship caveat now. So on the closer, was that really kind of like the project that everything crystallized for you and? made you realize that this was something that you really wanted to stick with for, you know, your, your entire career be in the production office and, and, and working in that space. Um, it was kind of the opposite from that experience. It made me reconfirm that I definitely do not want to be working in an office. And <laughs> I absolutely hate the job, unfortunately, but it is a stepping stone and I definitely learned a lot doing it. So I think it is a very important stepping stone, but I always wanted to production manage and that's what I do now. So, okay. you know, production line produce. So and it was just a part of that process, right? To get to production management, there's a variety of different routes. The DGA will 
advocate for you to go through their program or being an, being a you know an AD and working your way up that way. I have my opinions on whether or not that's actually a, a method that's effective in producing solid UPMs. Um, there's other folks that can go through the locations department or accounting, but my path, uh, I chose. I, I deliberately made the decision to not go through the set route. I, through my set experiences, that you know, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't where I wanted to camp out for, however long it needed to be for me to get my days and work my way up. So, but because of my experience on the closer and various pilots we would do on our hiatuses and everything, um, it it allowed me to. I would, I mean, in a way, you know, become an expert in the job of uh, assistant coordinating, coordinating, like every, every job in the production office, you know, I never asked anybody to ever do anything that I haven't ever done myself. And so, you know, that to me is very important. Yeah. It's very important to know what you're asking somebody to do because you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to ask, they're going to ask, you know, why you have me do this way? Why are you having me do it this way? And while I'm not saying that there's not better ways to improve upon things, but I'll tell you, I've done a lot of things the wrong way. And if I need something done and I need it done the most efficient way, I'm going to tell you exactly how it needs to be done. And if you have a, a way to improve upon that, you do it my way first and then come to me later and say, maybe next time, can we try this? And I'll probably be open to it because I wouldn't want, not want to improve on stuff. But sure. um, again, going back to the, the TV aspect of it, it just becomes because it's so cyclical, it it gets really redundant, and so I found that after a while, you just you're not challenged. It's a lot of the same, and so for people with, you know, families and want stability, it's an it's a perfect job. You know, it's very long running. You could be on a show for six months to, to a year, depending on how many episodes uh, are are being filmed. And a lot of times, you know, you're so if if you're local, you know, if we're in Los Angeles or whatnot, wherever it's filming and your family's there, I mean, it's, it's a very solid, stable job, but that wasn't my situation. And so that wasn't something that I was comfortable staying in. I always knew I wanted to advance. So I eventually had to just break ties and step away at the end of the closer. I didn't pursue a relationship with that uh, company or any of the spinoffs after that and went ahead and just had to rebrand myself as a production manager and start taking uh, taking those jobs or opportunities that offered me a challenge. I, I did a game show, I think, after that, and I did a another a couple other features you know out of, out of state because I love working on location and those offer their own challenges so you know I take opportunities where I can learn and if I start if I start to stagnate somewhere then it's it's no longer fun um, it's really interesting how you kind of cobble together a career out of rolling with the punches of things you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never had anyone that kind of took me under their wing and, and kept me going. I love that. I have friends that 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 have happened to, and for good or for good or for worse, right. uh, you know, I didn't have that opportunity, and so I have had to just keep uh, hustling uh, quite a bit to prove myself every time. You know, I didn't have that person like, oh, well, I already know you, and yes, you're coming with me on every project. Right. Um, I just it didn't happen that way for me. So, so let's talk a little bit about how the kernel of keys to the production office got started. Where did this all begin when uh, the project began to um, formulate? My 
co-author Galana. So we went to uh, college together and she kind of had the similar experience as I did. She was working in television in New York and same thing where unbeknownst to each, each of us at the time, she was having to do a lot of the same things where you, she's getting new PAs, she's getting a lot of interns and nobody has time to retrain PAs all day long. So she was, uh, she had built a little bit of a, uh, her own PA binder, but she took it a step further and put, I think she said it the other day where she was in one weekend, she literally wrote a small uh, handbook and self-published it and said, okay, here, I'm giving this to everyone who works in my office. And uh, it had a lot of the foundational stuff that we have in keys to the production office where she's like, look, this is the job. This is what I expect you to do. This is exactly how to do it. And she was pushing it for a while, like, you know, advertising and stuff. And I thought, man, that's, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I want to do. I just never, I never took that next step, right? I was always busy or there was always an excuse, but I certainly had a collection of everything that I would ever teach a PA or someone working in the office, uh, you know, cobbled together. And so finally, I think it was maybe October, maybe 2018, where we finally said, you know what? there's more to this and we can really flesh this out more. Do we want to go ahead and collaborate and make this uh, a truly uh, amazing handbook that uh, can exist in the world? Because there's nothing like this. There's nothing that teaches you about the production office. There's nothing that teaches you that is, that is dedicated to the role of an office PA. So in fall of 2019, we sat down, we were in a hotel in in, uh, New York and we set out, we put together a whole outline and, um, and then, no, I'm sorry, probably the fall of 2018. And then we put together this whole outline. We're like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to make it happen. Somehow 2019 passes by and we just were busy. We didn't get to it. And then uh, all of a sudden, it was COVID, and none of us were working. The industry was You're like, we got a lot of time. What's up with that book project? <laughs> yeah, and so, um, so yes, yeah, so literally April Fool's Day, twenty twenty, we started uh, started diving in and basically wrote every week, and we had a call every week, and almost exactly two years from that date, from when we first started writing, is when the book came out. So that's fantastic. Yeah, that's. Um just from having scanned through the book uh, at the event last week and everything where we met, the book is so information dense. Um, there really is uh, just, it is packed with infographics and just little notes and things like that uh, scattered throughout the chapters and stuff like that. I know obviously like that doesn't necessarily translate over audio, but uh, it seems like you guys left no stone unturned in terms of uh, just getting every single word onto those pages. They are very information dense just from <laughs> having scanned through. And I don't know your industry, you know, particularly or the role uh, specifically either. But like, I mean, what? Uh, how many pages is the book to something? Yeah, I think it's like 257 and I think that includes like the appendix pages. And I mean, truly, it is written to be an on-the-job handbook. Right. And it's not like a trade paperback size. It's a bigger size, too. It's like a, a, a square size book. So, it's, you know, it's it's pretty, it's sizable. It is, it is a compendium, it feels like. <laughs> yes, I think it's 
seven by nine. I think that's what we wanted. We wanted it. Uh, we wanted. We didn't want it too giant where you couldn't easily carry it around, but we didn't want it super tiny where now you're carrying this thick book around. So. Yeah, well, you guys did a great job with it that way. Uh, tell me about the design and layout and stuff like that. Uh, sure. Um, if you had anything to do with that, or I don't, you know, I don't know how it went for you in terms of the publishing process. Uh, publishing process. Let me tell you, that's that's a beast of a process that. <laughs> wasn't wasn't at all what we expected <laughs> but we did get lucky with our first choice publisher rutledge uh focal press taylor and francis they're all they're all part of the same conglomerate now but they they produce they're the they're the largest producer of this type of book of like a how-to film job book mm-hmm. every type of film job that you could ever want it's 99 percent of the time they've published it so they were our go-to because we we fit on in their library perfectly. You know, this is like the one missing job. Um, as far as the, the layout and, uh, and such, um, you know, we, we hired an illustrator, um, a gal out of, out of Chicago. She's fantastic. Uh, Samantha Osborne. And, uh, one of the big things we wanted to make sure that would set this, this particular book apart is the fact that we had these unique visuals, right? Mm-hmm. Cause there's any other book that's at all similar out there as far as it covers, you know, production assistant content or basic production operations content is very text-based, but we wanted to make sure that there were compatible visuals with how we were describing the production process. And, you know, one of our favorite ones is this giant Escher uh, callback to Escher uh, image where it's a tons of staircases and how you can start at, at being an office PA and literally transition and, and follow your career to any path you want to go. Um, and that took us quite a while to kind of flesh out. Yeah, I can imagine. It was a good diagram. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're very proud of it. Um, and another, we have another one talking about like the uh, the cyclical nature of feature films versus, I mean, of, of episodic TV versus feature films. And we've used the solar system, and we've shown it in in terms of like planets and stars, and um, and we really were. I mean, we love all of our graphics, so those are a couple too that come to mind. And so she drafted quite a few of those that we just didn't have the creative scope to be able to do. And then there's a lot of forms. There's a lot of uh, tables and such that we put together. You know, we've built our own call sheets and we have tons of Easter eggs throughout the book. I mean, if you really sat down and combed through it, the amount of fighting pickle references, because that's our college mascot that are in there, the amount of friends names that we have tossed in there in various ways, shape or form. Um, there's just the amount of star Wars references. Cause Galan is a huge star Wars fan. So our birthdays are in there, you know, like all kinds nice. of silly stuff. So, um, so we have that throughout, but we really wanted to make sure that we did have solid visuals that accompanied the content so that it wasn't just dry reading that you actually had something that showed you, in a diagram, okay, this, because not everyone understands content the same. You know, you right. can either read it, you can hear it, or you need a visual. Absolutely. And we wanted to make sure we had something for everybody there. So, so let me ask and you as this. far as the cover, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, no, go ahead and finish up about the cover, and then I'll ask you the follow up. Oh, just the cover, that actually, that is the one of the things that the publisher did do is they came up with some, some cover designs. And, uh, this was the best of, of the ones they offered. And actually after a few ways, a few, few reworkings of this same image, um, I, I'm very pleased with it. I, I like the cover. I think we, we settled on a good cover for it. So. 
So, uh, what comes next for this project? Are there other things that you intend to do with the content or the message? Absolutely. Um, I mean, right now we're we're kind of grassrootsing, trying to get the word out about the the book itself because it is such a, a vital resource for those welcome getting starting out in the industry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said welcome to the podcast. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, but we actually we we're we're in the middle of developing a workshop to go along with the content of the book. So That's it'll be fantastic. a dedicated office CA workshop and the idea is to hit up uh incentive states where um you know hopefully productions are going to and we're working with a couple of film commissions right now who are interested in it uh we definitely want to align with some uh trade schools film schools whatever schools that already have basic content production uh yeah production content production classes in place where we can either maybe come in as a guest speaker or mm-hmm. you know do a weekend workshop for them but it's just such a good launching point for the, someone's next phase, um, you know, transitioning from college into the real world. Honestly, I, I, you know, it's it's a book I wish I had in high school because we literally hold nothing back. We tell you exactly what you're going to be doing if you take as an entry at an entry level job going into the industry. This is what it's going to be. So even if you choose not to go to college, you could read this and 100 percent get a job, but this is what it is and take it or leave it because not everything is, yeah, not everything is glitz and glamor. And so I, it wasn't, it wouldn't been something that deterred me, but it definitely would have been something that opened my eyes as far as, Oh, this is what my day to day is going to be. Okay. All right. Mentally preparing for that. Okay. You know, (laughs) yeah, it's hard to tell from the outside, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, cause like in, in high school and when I was in high school, it was all glitz and glamour. You know, you didn't have everybody as a content creator and it was still kind of a special, unique niche of, uh, of an industry, of a job, you know, and everybody wants to be a director. Well, thank God I got that out of my head because I'm a horrible storyteller and I hate directing. So good for me for not going into directing. It would have been painful for everybody. <laughs> well, you know, you know that now, right? I do. <laughs> well, hey, uh, are there any last thoughts or points that you don't feel you express that you want to get across in regards to the project or your career or anything like that? I mean, you know, I, I definitely encourage anyone who's even remotely interested in getting involved in the industry. Uh, if, even if you don't live in a major production hub, you could, I mean, really, wherever you live, we talk about that in the book. It's like, there's there's ways to find uh, to to find and build a career in the industry no matter where you are and uh, and how to pursue that we talk about the geography of where the job is where you may or may not need to be and how much how much work are you willing to put in to to pursue this career um, right. and then chapter ten talks about ways that you can find these resources and opportunities wherever you live. The, the idea is we, we want to make the industry accessible to those that haven't always had the access to it, right? You who can't necessarily go to film school, who don't have all the contacts uh, already. And we're really trying to help that next generation get in the door because we went through it and we know what it was like. And it is tricky and it is daunting 
to figure out how to get in when you don't think you know anybody. And this is what we're trying to break down. And we want you to be successful while you're doing it. And this will absolutely kickstart any career for you. So, Well, I think that's really great. And thank you for putting the project together and helping people um, learn about what it means to work in the production office and what their career might be like if they chose to go into that or how to advance their career into the other aspects of the industry. Jen, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.